Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Every time I start my podcast, I want to start out with good morning, Lynchburg. Do you remember? I don't do it as good as Robin Williams, but do you guys remember good morning, Vietnam, when he would do that? Every single time I start a podcast, I think of that movie. So today is February 24th, 2022, and I'm going to just talk. uh, It's going to be a short podcast, but I'll talk about the most common questions I get when I teach my firearm safety class, which is also the concealed permit class. Uh, it's a class that's that's combined. Firearm safety, you can get your concealed permit with it, uh, with the end, with the certificate if you'd like. The most common question I get is, when can I shoot someone? Well, that's not the approach we wanna take. The approach we wanna take is, the last thing you wanna do is shoot someone. But you have to prepare in your mind that you may be put in a position by the bad guy where they leave you no other choice but to do that. So when can I shoot? People will say, well, you know, I see stuff on Facebook. Um, well, if someone breaks in my house, I'm going to shoot them. You can't. In Virginia, you can't. Other states, yeah, maybe. We have to also remember that just because you can shoot somebody doesn't mean necessarily that you should. Retreat if you can. Uh, you want to be able to go to court and you want people, you want your circle of friends and your people on social media, people that follow you, people that know you, you want them to be able to go to court for you and stand up and say, you know what, if Marco had to shoot that guy, it must have been really, really bad because he's always talking about the last thing you want to do is shoot somebody, responsible gun ownership, retreat if you can. And that is my plan. If I can run away from a fight, uh, a gunfight or a, uh, um, knife fight, run away like a little girl. I don't care what you call me. They don't get hurt. I don't get hurt. I don't have to go to court for the for the next five years in criminal court or civil court. I don't have all that drama. My money gets to stay in my bank account because I'm not getting sued. So now, but don't be confused with this. If you're put in a position where you have no other choice and there's no way out, then you've got to do what you have to do. Which brings me to the next point. You had better know the law. Can I do this? How can I do it? You got to know your backdrop. If I shoot this person and I miss and that bullet goes past them and hits somebody else or something else, you're responsible for the final destination of that bullet. So the answer to that question is it's kind of vague. You have to know the law. We're in Virginia now. You have to know the law. I did a podcast on it. If you'd scroll down, if you listen to this podcast, scroll down and listen to Factual Virginia Gun Laws. Bethany Harrison, the Commonwealth Attorney, came out. We did a 14-minute podcast. It's an easy listen. And we don't say what if or or you know if this happens. There's too many variables with that. We simply she simply reads the Virginia Code. Plain and simple, black and white. This is what Virginia says, the elements you need, how to be responsible. This is what it says for personal safety, using your firearm, self-defense in your home and then out on the street. Yeah, if you're a gun owner and you haven't listened to that, you better scroll down after this and listen to it. 14 minutes. It's called Factual Virginia Gun Laws. So you can't really, I can't really tell you when to shoot, but you have to know that fine line of 
Can I retreat and just get out of here with no further drama? Or am I going to have to use my firearm? Now, if you have to use your firearm, you'd better be physically fit because it's going to be a big, big strain on your mental and physical capabilities. So that's why we stay physically fit. When we carry concealed, it's not just we're gonna strap a gun on. You've gotta train and practice and it goes well beyond just putting that gun on. But be ready and train yourself. If I have to do this, can I do it? Can you take a human life? Can you shoot someone? And, and when I say that, I'm thinking about mentally, spiritually, and legally. It's a lot to know. Where do I shoot? I get a question all the time, well, where do I shoot? Do I shoot him in the leg? Do I shoot him in the arm? My thinking is, and I'm careful not, I don't give guidance, legal guidance, because I was not a, I'm not an attorney. I did stay at a motel or Holiday Inn last night, Express. Um, remember that commercial? I, uh, I, I'm not an attorney. I wasn't a cop in Virginia. If you, if you want to ask me about Florida self-defense laws, I'll nail them all day long. But I'm careful not to give legal advice for, for liability reasons too. But I do know that if if the law allows you to use justifiable use of deadly force, that's what it is. The last thing we want to do is kill somebody. We want to stop the threat. I have people tell me, well, if they come in my house, I'm going to kill them. Don't get in the mindset of saying, if they come in my house, I'm going to kill them. Or if they come at me with a knife, I'm going to kill them. We don't want to kill anybody. We want to stop the threat. We're shooting at center mass as we train at the range. Remember, don't go to the range to practice. Don't go to the range to shoot. Tell yourself and program yourself, I'm going to the range, the shooting range, to, to train, to train myself for that horrible, horrible day that I hope never comes. So we're gonna shoot center mass. Uh, a leg or an arm is not gonna stop an immediate threat. And I'll tell you what, you'll be surprised that a lot of center mass um, headshots and stomach shots gut shots don't stop them immediately you'd be very surprised a lot of times we get involved watching hollywood movies where one shot the, the good guy hits the bad guy with a bullet one shot boom they're down <laughs> no i don't think so there's people can take 17 20 shots before they fall i show a video of that in my firearm safety class of somebody getting shot repeatedly uh and then there's a firearm malfunction the, the firearm malfunction is immediately fixed as the guy is still coming at the police officer with a knife. So we have to train with that as well. I get a lot of questions about open carry and concealed carry. So in Florida, we didn't have open carry. So I'm kind of programmed against it um, for a lot of reasons. I don't hold anything against anybody. If you want to open carry, then we're in an open carry state. That's the law and that's our constitutional right. If you wanna do it, then you can do it. More power to you, not judging you. Some people uh, between the age of 18 and 21 have to open carry because they can't get their concealed permit till they're 21. Uh, but here's the thing I don't like about open carry. If I'm a bad guy and I walk in somewhere and I see open carry and I'm getting ready to rob the place or become an active shooter and your back is turned to me, you haven't noticed me yet, who's the first person I'm gonna take out? You, because you're open carry and you're my threat. We'll talk about uh, retention. I worked with some really, really, really bad guys. When I was a cop in the Daytona Beach area, we we're on a task force, a violent crime task force for many years. And we worked Orlando area, we Miami, uh, Fort Lauderdale. We'd travel and and um, and we worked some violent, some really, really bad guys. And I can tell you, I know a lot of guys that would look at open carry and say, hey, 
they tell their buddy, hey, go over there and hit, hit him in the head with this tire iron or this hammer or this rock and take his gun or walk up behind him and take his gun. And people think, that's going to happen to me. Yes, it is. If someone has a plan and, ha and has a drop on you, they're going to take your gun. So we're going to talk about holsters uh, shortly as well. We have to have, um, we have, to have training on that. It, it, it can be very easy to take somebody's firearm. And if they take it and you haven't secured it properly, in some states, you could be charged with the principle of the crime that they go and do because you didn't secure your firearm. You didn't use due diligence to secure your firearm. So uh, I've also had attorneys tell me that open carry puts you very, very, very close to a brandishing charge. Uh, Florida, we call it you know, improper display of a deadly weapon. Virginia, it's brandishing. So we have to think about that. I like to say carry concealed and go unnoticed. I don't want to be in the white area. I don't want to be in the black area. I want to be in that gray area. I don't want people to know I'm carrying concealed. It's none of their business. So kind of run under the radar. Keep yourself uh, out of the out of that spotlight. What holster is right for me? Going back to open or concealed carry. Two things a holster must have for it to be a good holster. It's got to be a, a retention holster and it's got to have a trigger guard. So a trigger guard means that you can't pull the trigger when it's in a holster. As long as a gun stays in a holster, and we talk about this in depth uh, in my firearm safety class where people have done some crazy things with their guns not knowing it, but as long as a firearm stays in a properly uh, designed and worn holster, it's impossible for somebody to get hurt. So we want to have a trigger guard so we can't pull the trigger when it's in the holster. And then we want to have a retention holster. There may be a time where we're carrying our firearm and we may have to fight somebody because we haven't met that justifiable use of deadly force. We may have to, have to fight them. Police officers do it all the time. They're carrying a gun. They're carrying pepper spray. They're carrying an ASP. And they haven't met that use of force matrix where they can use any of those tools. They have to wrestle somebody. They have to fight somebody. That can happen to you. So we want a retention holster. Retention holster means it's in there, secured on your side, and it's not going to come out. I'm not a fan of appendix carry. I've seen and studied way, way too many accidents uh, where appendix carry, um, and that's where you're carrying in your front by your groin area. <laughs> guys if that doesn't give you um the hint of not to carry then i don't know what will but we all have that femoral artery that runs down the inside of our leg if you hit that 30 seconds you're you're shooting blood across the parking lot or the room and 30 seconds you're done so um don't ever 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 put a gun in your back pocket or your front pocket or your purse when it's not in a holster you got to have that trigger guard so um people ask me also what gun is right for me and they always follow that up with I want one that doesn't have a kick. Well, every gun is going to have a kick, which is recoil. And common term is kick, but it's recoil. Uh, and every gun is going to have that. So we can control the recoil or the kick if we're taught how to hold the firearm correctly. If we're taught how to control that recoil. Shooting is, is an enjoyable sport. It, you can do it for competition. You can do it for recreation. And a lot of people don't like shooting i don't like that kick i don't like the noise it's like driving a car think about when you first started driving a car we got our hands at 10 and 2 we're fully stopping at stop signs red lights we're checking uh, over our shoulder before we lane change it's we're taking 30 minutes to back out of a parking spot because we're being very very careful well what happens when you get some years driving under your belt look at how you've gotten comfortable and how you've completely changed so that's how it is with firearms. Proper grip, 
proper instruction and you may not be able to control that that recoil your first couple of times of shooting and practicing and training but after a while that you're it's not going to bother you trust me it's not going to bother you and the recoil slash kick is not going to hurt you i've never seen in in 12 years of teaching civilians i taught police officers how to shoot as well but in 12 years of teaching civilians 5,000 people i've taught uh, as young as six years old and as old as 87 years old i have never seen a pistol handgun uh fly out of somebody's hand and come back and hit them in the face it doesn't have that much pressure and recoil it's not designed it's not going to do that and i teach people to shoot with just their weak hand and strong hand which is right and left hand it doesn't do that so don't get hung up on uh, on the kick when you when we let's talk about what gun is right for me don't go cheap on a gun right now um with the prices if it's a decent gun you're probably not going to get it for less than 375 and that's pushing it i'd say i'd say anything under 425 and it's going to be junk i go to and i'm not going to name the guns you can call me i don't want to publicly trash a company but if you want to to contact me i'll tell you if it's a good gun or not before you purchase it but um there's one there's a couple guns that people are just so happy that they've purchased it's brand new let's go to the range and shoot it bam bam click well, let's fix that that uh failure to eject or uh, double feed bam 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 click well let me tell you something friends when the boogeyman's coming at you you want to hear bam bam you don't want to hear click so don't go cheap on a firearm you can buy a decent uh, used firearm from some local places always go local you can buy a brand new one or a used one but check it out make sure it's good but watch the brand name don't buy something that's gonna that's not gonna fire on you fire for you when you need it the most I get the question every once in a while, well, when I carry concealed, um, can I go out and have a glass of wine with dinner? Can I have a beer with dinner? Absolutely not. Plain and simple, short and sweet. If you're going to the range, if you're carrying your firearm, if you're going to go practice or train somewhere, think about if the police were going to draw blood on me because I had a firearm accident or I had to use the gun in self-defense, if my blood was to be drawn, what are they going to find in it? because I won't go into it, but there's a lot of enhanced penalties that you can get. It can chip away your criminal and civil court if you've got things or substance, uh, a level of something in your blood that uh, you shouldn't have. Now, you know, like cholesterol meds, um, birth control pills, blood pressure meds, that's not gonna alter your normal faculties, so that shouldn't be a problem. You'll have to check with your doctor if it makes you dizzy and loopy, but I'm talking about alcohol, marijuana, uh, illegal drugs, wine, uh, some um, prescription pills, if it says may make you dizzy, drowsy, don't operate heavy machinery, I would make sure before you strap that uh, gun on your side, what's in my blood. Think it through. I've seen some people where we've been in, we've had some self-defense shoots and we'll draw blood and, uh, and it doesn't come back as clean as it should. And now that's in the police report and the prosecutor knows about it. So think that through. Uh, what about travel? When I get my concealed permit, where can I travel? Right now in Virginia, and this fluctuates, so you need to check it all the time. But right now, the Virginia permit's good for 27 states. I teach a Utah non-resident permit that'll bring you up to 38 states. So if you travel, it's good to have. And don't think about don't think about getting another firearms permit like the Utah multi-state permit. People come to me and say, "Well, I travel," but you know what? Let's think outside the box. 
Think of it as another class that you can that you can take. If you're ever in a firearm accident or a self-defense shoot, if you've taken a class from me, you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to subpoena me and they're going to talk about everything we talked about in the class. A good prosecutor will do that. They're also going to look at your training. If I'm involved in a self-defense shoot, whether it's justified or not, I want to be able to go to court with my attorney and I want to have a whole bunch of, of uh, records. That's why it's important to log your, uh, every time you go to the range and train, log uh, how many bullets you shot. I've got a book that's a, it's a training log book and it um, guides you through every time you shoot. But we've got to think about weather conditions, magazine capacity, what bullets were you shooting, what gun, lighting conditions, what you were wearing, what holster you were wearing. There's a lot of things that I document in this book that we sell. Uh, and it's only 20 bucks, but I talk about why this is important. I worked a, uh, a shooting in the Daytona Beach area in uh, this guy, the guy that did the self-defense shoot, made a horrible, horrible mistake and shot an innocent bystander and killed her. Uh, and uh, and we talk about that. And you know what got him out of trouble was was a book like that. So uh, you can do your own shooting log, or you can come by here and take a look at this one. Uh, but you have to you have to think about that. So that's why we want to continue our training. We don't want to do it just because we want to take a class. Think about having your training folder and document training, take a lot of training, get it get it taken care of. So if anything, forbid everything, heaven forbid everything happens to you, you've got something to go with to, uh, to take to court for your attorney to show that you were a reasonable and responsible gun owner. That's what it all comes back to do. USCCA uh, has a has an app and they offer uh, self-defense coverage, legal self-defense coverage, but USCCA has a really cool app that you can download and let's say I'm in Virginia, let's say I'm gonna to travel to Kentucky. Well, I can scroll through every state that I'm gonna to have to go through to get to Kentucky and it will break down their gun laws. Do they have reciprocity with Virginia? Do they have any ammo restrictions, magazine restrictions? Before you travel, that's a good app to have. You better scroll through it and think it through. Just because you have reciprocity uh, let, let's say Flor let's say you're going to go to Florida from Virginia. Just because you have reciprocity with North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida, oh, I got reciprocity. You better know those individual laws. In Virginia, you don't have a duty to tell the police officer that you're carrying concealed if you're stopped. You should, and we talk about that in my gun class, why you should. But in North Carolina, if you don't tell them you're carrying concealed upon the officer approaching that vehicle, you can get in hot water. So just like you can get in hot water in Virginia if you don't report your firearm stolen in uh, within 48 hours. So that's uh, a good reason to keep that firearm locked up. Always use due diligence to keep it locked up. Those are the most common questions that I get asked um, either by phone or in my concealed carry classes. There's some other ones, you know, it's not as common as, as what I just talked about. Bottom line is, friends, be responsible, be a reasonable gun owner, be careful what you say, shut your pie hole, be careful how you brag about guns. Like I said about um, carry concealed and go unnoticed. We don't want people to know uh, that we're carrying. We wanna be uh, just in that gray area. Um, you, know, you don't see the mafia, <laughs> you don't see the mafia or, or uh, organized crime riding around showboating what they do and what they have. Why should we as gun owners 
We shouldn't be showboating and showing off what we have. Be careful what you see on social media. Be careful what stickers are on the back of your vehicle. Be careful uh, with your, get the right holster that doesn't print your shirt where you go to the grocery store and somebody can clearly see you're carrying a firearm under your shirt. So think it through. If I can be of any assistance, give me a call. Uh, if you'd like to comment on this podcast, you can go, uh, I'll post it on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, my other social media, LinkedIn. If you want to comment on it, comment or call me and let me know what you think about it. It's okay to uh, disagree with me. That's fine. I don't hurt. I don't get my feelings hurt. We can agree to disagree. So uh, I just put this out there to keep people safe. That's why I teach the class to build confidence in people, to bring their skill up, to make sure they're legal. Uh, and responsible, safe gun owners. So if I can help you out, give me a shout. Uh, remember, uh, and please subscribe. I'm going to be having more podcasts. I've got another podcast coming up with my friends that just left Ukraine and uh, got to Poland uh, two days ago to safety. Got some interesting things to talk about them about with the U.S. Embassy, how they helped and how they didn't help. Uh, remember, reduce injuries, save lives, be safe, everyone. Thank you for listening.